Hello, I'm Dana Brooks of Facing Brooks Law Offices, and you are back for another edition of the Empower Hour brought to you by the Empower Plan. from Facing Brooks and the ladies of the Empower Plant. And we're here for the Empower Hour today. Um, I've got Dana Brooks, my law partner and my friend on. She's out of town, so she's going to be attending from her car. Hi, Dana. Hey. <laughs> and we've Glad got to be Kia here Thomas. in this hall, especially. <laughs> and Kia Thomas is with us. Everybody knows Kia. She is our um, PR director and wears multiple marketing hats in our law firm. And our esteemed guests, I'm so excited um, to introduce Paula DeBulls Johnson and her daughter Zanania today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're excited. When I saw your biography come across my email earlier, I was like, oh no, two more people that are going to make me feel so insignificant and so unaccomplished. (laughs) You guys are fabulous. You guys are such impressive women, and I'm really looking forward to this hour, getting to know you and getting to know all that you're doing and that you've done. So welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. We're excited to be here. So, Ms. Paula, why don't we start with you? Um, I know that you're running for city commission right now, and I know you've served on several boards. So why don't you go ahead and give us a, like a brief over, overview introduction of yourself to get started? Okay, everybody, I'm Paula DeBulls Johnson. I'm originally from Orlando, Florida. Um, I am married to an amazing man. I'm retired Captain David Lee Johnson. And I have a half of my dynamic duo duo in terms of daughters. Um, Zanani is with me and our oldest daughter is Zamoria. Um, I am running for Leon County Commission C5. I'd love to share a little bit more about my experience. I think we might do a little bit of that later but I have a wealth of experience in a lot of different areas, contracting, grants management, program development, implementing programs, working with young people, working with older people. And right now I have a small nonprofit in the city, Capital City Youth Development Corporation. We will soon be 20 in a year and a half. And I also work for Leon County government. So I think all of that experience and all of the time that we've spent serving this community and listening to the people of this community make me the ideal candidate. Um, And I'm hoping to serve as the next Leon County Commissioner for District 5. I love it. I love it. That was such a great intro. And I can't wait later in the program to get into everything that you're doing. I just, I'm like trying to breathe for you because I don't know when you have time to breathe or take care of yourself. But it, it sounds like you're so accomplished in keeping so many balls in the air at the time, serving our community raising a wonderful family. So I'm really excited to talk to you. But let's go to Zanania real quick because Zanania is obviously following in your footsteps. The apple doesn't fall fall far from the tree. So Zanania, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about yourself? Okay, yes. Well, once again, we're just so excited to be here. Um, My mom and I, I don't know how many times we've ever had the opportunity to do a show um, together. So this is really exciting. Um, but once again, I am Zanani Johnson. I'm originally born in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, I attended the University of West Florida um, for my bachelor's in psychology. And after working for the county administrator over projects and government relations, I was then appointed um, through the governor's office as a board of gubernatorial fellow. 
that I just finished this year, my tenure in that position. And now I'm really excited um, because I'll be graduating with my master's degree this summer, walking across the state. I'm attending Florida State University. So I'm a proud no. <laughs> and yes, ma'am. And I also have my own boutique consulting firm called Groundbreaking Strategies. Um, where we specialize in an array of services that stem from marketing, um, strategy services, and creative professional services. So I'm just really excited um, to be here with you all. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, ladies. Zanani, I'm sorry. I think I might have said your name wrong, so I do apologize about hey, that. Hi. So, Miss Paula, why are you running for commission? So let me tell you, this is something that's been 12 years in the making. Um, some we had some family. Um, I'm, I'm not going to share all of the information, but I'll say we had a, a family crisis that prevented mm -hmm. me from running. Um, and when you have issues going on, especially health-wise with your family, um, you take care of family first. So mm -hmm. I put my plans and dreams on hold. And um, people don't know it, but I know Kristen. I consider Kristen a friend. And Kristen's done a great job in this position. I also didn't want to be a woman running against another woman. Mm -hmm. I think we need more women in office. And I think we also need my, more minorities in office. So I think, you know, I checked two boxes, minority women, but the reason that I want to run is because we need to see some things done differently in this city and this county. Um, and I'm not casting aspersions on anybody else in the race. What I'm doing is running my race. And what I know from talking to people is that people have been hurting over the last two years. And they've heard, they've said that they've not felt heard over the last five or six years, right? Yeah. So I'm an advocate. Everyone that knows me knows that our entire family has served in this community. Um, I remember we ran across a picture of Zanani dragging a box into Perry Page Auditorium um, at Florida A&M University when we were hosting our first All About Girls conference. And this has been years. I think Zanani might have been three or four at the time. Aww. So these <laughs> girls know how to work and serve because that's the rent we pay, right? Mm -hmm. We're living on this planet. You don't get to just take up resources. You have to be a good person and you have to give back. It's our responsibility to reach back and help other people. And that's how I got here. Other people helped me. And I think David and I did a really good job in, in, in ensuring that we were good examples and out there serving, letting people know that we're here to help, being good stewards of the resources we had, working hard to be good examples for our girls, and letting them know that your education and the things that you accomplish aren't for you, they're for the betterment of the community. So I want to use all the gifts and tools and all of the experience to help better my community. So that's why I'm running. I love that. And I love that you're walking your walk and talking your talk. You know, um, I think that's very genuine and authentic. And I, that goes a long way. When you say helping the community and listening to people that haven't felt heard, can you give us some examples of that, what that means? I will tell you this. I'm going to use the South Side as an example. Um, most of um, the public knows that our girls were raised. Um, they went to South Side schools, um, Fairview and Rickards. Um, shout out South Side Pride. So, um, <laughs> And in that, I remember coming to FAMU, um, and it's a, a really funny story about how I got here. That's for another, another show. But when I came, the, the South Side looks literally like it does 
now. We need economic development. We have young people who are, they, they know how to use this technology. They don't quite know who to connect with so that they can start their own business. So we need business incubators here. We need after school programming um, outside hours because we know that when young people are out of school and they have idle time, if you don't give them something to do, some pro-social activities, they might very well get into trouble. But they've been saying to us, give us something to do, give us somewhere safe to do it and teach us how we can be entrepreneurs and learn to do things ourselves. We wanna be business owners. But then there's another subset that says, we don't wanna work for ourselves, get us some more job training. So what I love is um, a good friend of mine, Kim Moore, when I told her what I wanted to do, she said, come here, let me tell you all of the amazing things that we're doing in the community. Because I, for one, consider myself a person that's really connected, knowing what's going on in the community. And of course, it's gonna help me with the race, but I had no idea about all of the amazing programmings and the shifts that they've done with COVID just to make sure that people were moving through the system and gaining access more quickly so that they can in turn go in to the job markets. So when we said years ago, it couldn't be done, we figured out how to do it because COVID made us learn how to do those things. It taught us how to pivot and how quickly to get people trained and into jobs that paid them living wages so they could take care of themselves, help their parents. Mm. You know, all of us are helping our parents, yeah. right? Right? And we're also helping our children. So people want to work. And, you know, there's this misnomer that people don't. They do. They want jobs. But what they want is a job where they can work one job and be able to pay the light bills, yeah. feed their families, pay for daycare if necessary. They don't want to do this with three jobs. And we shouldn't want them to because that means they're not home watching their children. Right. Right. And, you know, we proved so resilient through COVID and that's one of the silver linings of it, I think, mm -hmm. is that we've come out and figured out that we can work from home. Yes, we can, you know, be flexible. And now we just, we figured out how to make it work. We figured out right. the secret sauce. Right. So Dana, I think you're probably burning with some questions and Kia, you probably are too. So whichever one of you wants to go with your questions, Kia, do you want to go first? Go right ahead, Dana. I'll pop it to Dana, then I'll pop back in. Ooh, we've got popping happening. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> now, uh, what I'm thinking what is what I would want to ask of any person running for office. How are you going to make my life better? Because when I, when I talk to people who want to run, they're running on something they're passionate about, something they want you to get turned on about. But what I've learned from uh, being in a law practice that is also... Um, a retail thing I have to keep afloat and I have to look at people's behavior and give them what they want. A lot of times I want to give them what I feel like they should have oh. because it's important to me, but you have to give people what's important to them. That's the bottom line. So as an elected official, what are you going to do that is answering the things that you hear your constituents wanting to know right now? Is it affordable so, housing? Is it jobs? What is that you're it is all of those things. What I'm hearing people cry out more, more for is the, the homeless issue. And, and let's, let's, let's just be honest, because Dana, I know you, I consider you a good friend. And we've talked about some of these issues. 
people want the homeless issue. We're not heartless. People want to help the homeless. They want to make sure this problem is solved, right? But nobody wants one of those facilities in their neighborhoods. So yeah. guess what? We have women and children. Those are the people that don't have a safe and stable place to live. And see, they're also my constituents, right? They're yeah. also the people. And we know what happens. Know. We know what happens to women and children when they're not safe, right? So that that's one of the they want they want an answer to the homeless issue. Also, the gun violence. Now, if I had the answers to solving gun violence, you and I would not be having this conversation. Right. I would be on another plane somewhere, right? But what I do know is what I said earlier, when you're not giving young people activities where they can be somewhere safe, they can learn new skills, they can get help with homework, because we're going to invest in them one way or the other, right? We're going to invest in them on the front end with intervention or primary prevention, or we're talking about the school to prison pipeline. We're, we're going to pay for not providing the services that these young people need in this day and age. We're also talking we're gonna about- We're going to pay one way or another. We're going to pay yeah. one way or the other. And it's cheaper to do it on the front end. You don't have to always people, right? If you take yeah. care of them now, give them what they need, then you raise yeah. the healthy adult. Am I right? What we're That's doing exactly now right. is bad. It's bad financial and public policy because we're more punitive. Every encounter with law enforcement turns into an arrest, which turns into some sort of a conviction. If you don't have a lot of money to fight it, which turns into you being hamstrung to make money the rest of your life, which turns into you, me and everybody else paying for that person's responsibilities. And they want to take care of their responsibilities, but they don't have a lot of options now. So you wonder why people turn to these bad outlets because they're looking at their options and they're seeing that that whole legit line has been cut off by our tough you know tough on crime we're being stupid on crime it's not about toughness it's not about toughness it's about smartness Mm -hmm. and i saw this guy on tiktok and everybody laughs on tiktok no i learned a lot of shit on tiktok Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was he was an adolescent young black man and he said look what people understand is we're not like your parents we don't get our ass beat anymore we're all caring and we will pop your ass yeah, <laughs> that's what people don't understand. It's a new world. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to let you beat their ass. They're yep. not going to throw down in the yard. They're going to shoot you. Yeah. And if they don't shoot you, their boy's going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. And if you're so running at the wrong time in the wrong place, right. shot. What you know what it means? Is we've got to make sure these people have these people. Don't take that the wrong way. I know this what you're saying. I'm talking about. They need better options than what they have right now. And they need to feel safe enough to not feel like they've got to literally carry a a death machine Mm -hmm. to stay safe on the day in and the day out. You know? And let me Okay, you asked me how to go ahead. That was it. I interrupted. No, I was just gonna say that's what Paula was saying though. That's what it starts from from childhood and from school and after school and activities and jobs and all that stuff. I was just in, um, I was just in Italy for a couple of weeks. We saw two homeless people. We went to six different cities and four different regions. And we saw two homeless people the entire time. And we had a really good conversation. Because the Europeans take care of their Because they take care of each other. They take care of their elderly, which is one of the things you were talking about earlier. You know, women our age, we're taking care of both our children and our parents and our Oh, but they take care of each other and they look at it totally differently. And a lot of people 
oh, it's a socialist country. We don't want to be a socialist country, blah, 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 blah. But it's all it's just all about caring about people. And if you That's care about people from, from when they're born, then like what Dana said, if you care about them from when they're born, then you don't have to pay the price later and they don't have to pay the price for their life stolen from them. You know, from me being you, let, me, let me tell you, I was talking with my mom. Um, it was probably before Thanksgiving and she kept apologizing. Right. And so. And my mom and I have, we, we have a different kind of relationship. Yeah. So um, with that, she, she said, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what you and Dave have done with the girls. And I was like, wow. Okay. Thank you. Oh, so, and she was like, if I were able to show up at some of the things that you were doing or put you in some of these different activities, um, then things might've been different for you. And then I had to kind of sit back and I'm like, I think I turned out pretty fair. So when you have these conversations, you have to make sure that you, 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 you see it from their vantage point. I knew that she wasn't just trying, she wasn't trying to be funny. What she was doing was saying, you all did it. But what I had to tell her and I said, mom, you need to cut, cut yourself some slack. You raised me. You raised me. I have a husband. I have a husband that partners with yeah. me. And for us, our priority was the girls. Everything, we, it was the four of us, right? And then around us were the grandparents. Around them were the friends and the godparents. So our girls grew up very differently because we were intentional in who we allowed around our children. And we were intentional on the path. I had a plan. You, you know your mommy and her plans, right? And I'm like, don't shame the family and work the plan. Plan your work, work your plan, right? So they had a blueprint. But as a single mother, when I was like, she was just awful. She was mean. She never let me do anything. It was a safety issue. If she doesn't get home till 11 o'clock and I get off the bus at 310, that means I have to go in the house and lock the door and not let anyone in and I can't go outside and play. It was a safety issue. But guess what, guys? And And I'm dating myself. But we have kids that are still doing that now and they have brothers and sisters and some of them don't have a parent that's home consistently, not even one parent. So when we're talking about these kids entering the system because they stole something, what did they steal? Well, if they went in the store and they stole bread and peanut butter, I think that should be handled a little bit differently than somebody going to Dillard's and stealing one of those... um, What's, what's some of your name brand people? Calvin Klein, Nike. That's very different, right? So we, we have to go back to exactly what you said earlier, compassion and empathy and asking the question why. I alluded to things being exactly the same it looked like when I came here in 1986 to go to FAM and the South Side, and it's right up the street. I'm a South Side girl. We've lived here. Our, this is my starter home. This might be where we finish with housing prices. That, again, is another show. Um, it looks the same. And people are like, we want nice restaurants here. Why yeah. is everything we have here a food drive? Why don't we have a decent grocery store? And I'm like, well, guys, let's talk about how to make this happen. So everybody on this in this area wants the same thing that's on the north side. But we have to talk, we have to have serious conversations about economic development. It's beyond time. And on the South Side, not Southwood, South Side. Totally agree. Totally agree. Kia, what do you think? 
I think you guys have touched on pretty much everything. Go back to, and which is great to go back to the whole platform of without education, you don't have community, right? So if we're not starting from the very beginning and educating, whether it's our kids all the way up to our law enforcement, we're losing. Um, and I want to say, I believe that Paula, that's what you're running on. Um, I kind of want to put us into two, the entrepreneurship part. Um, Zanani, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Number one, for you to start your business at such a young age, this is what many of our children need to see on a consistent basis. I think that's another reason why here at Basic Brooks, that's why we try to be so committed to community. And one of the things, and I don't know if you guys want to get involved in it, is the Lemonade Day. And that's dealing with entrepreneurship. And it's showing our kids, which we're involved in, um, so that's coming up soon on our calendars, you know, showing our kids from bookkeeping and, you know, understanding your money, that 80, 20 rule, the saving, that's the other thing that we're missing in community because we're not teaching each other. And it doesn't, yes, the minority side gets it a lot, but every ethnicity, especially now we're missing it because we no longer have. The grandparents, I remember always going to my grandparents' house. We don't have that as much anymore. So, like I say, I think that grandmas at work. Right. Grandmas <laughs> are working. Grandmas are becoming actually moms now because they're having to now take care, you know, of those children. But I want to definitely commend you. And one of my questions is I want to ask you is. What made you go into this or what gave you the idea for what you're doing in order to start your business? Oh, I can't hear her. Uh-oh, she went away. Oh, you guys are on mute. Oh, you guys are on mute. There we go. You're back, Johnson family. No. I also want to know what Zanani's business is exactly as a consultant. So when Absolutely. she comes back, well, did we, did we mention she's one of the 25 women you need to know? There you the go. Has a Democrat right now. And she's go. not even 25 yet. Is she? She's 25 to be a 25. You need to know, but I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, one, what exciting conversation we just got out of. I have to commend my mom. For always being that example that it's not enough to just talk about a problem if you're not going to find a solution absolutely so i really believe that's what um helped me have the courage to start my own company at first when i started groundbreaking strategies i i had a long-term vision because i'm a big picture person but what was difficult was figuring out where i wanted to start mm -hmm. and so um i kept waiting and pushing it back pushing it back pushing it back until one of my friends says he just do it like it's never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and I made my own logo, things of that nature. My mom helped me with the with the filing of the paperwork um, and just understanding those basic foundation items. And even during my time at the University of West Florida, I had served as a student entrepreneur in residence. And so I would help other students, you know, build their business ideas things of that nature, that business plan. So I had a really strong foundation and a lot of good support. When it comes to groundbreaking strategies, 
I saw it becoming like this big firm one day um, specializing in like communications. I called it a one-stop shop where we still offer those individual services. And so essentially that's what we're doing now. Um, I've been I've been operating since November of 2021. Um, I've been able to do creative projects such as helping with the Leon County COVID task force. I was able to also um, help hire uh, millennial and Gen Z influencers to help encourage our peers to stay safe and take COVID precautions and get vaccinated. Then I, um, one of my clients became the Congressional Award Foundation, where I, where I helped still in their communications and social media department, especially with them being a nonprofit. They really need a lot of help with fundraising because that's how we operate. And then now I'm also helping um, the Southwood Suites new ice cream shop that is coming yes. here. Yes. We're um, having the grand opening. They're one of my clients. I was able to help her from the ground up create her brand, communications, marketing. And now the clients are still coming in. It's a blessing. And so one thing I've had to learn is taxes. I just went through my first tax. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have You're adulting now. You're an adult that, now. No, that's ridiculous. I used to look forward to, <laughs> to tax season. Now I'm just like, I'm, oh, no, I'm having to learn, you know, that um, how to pay my contractors that I um, outsource to and pay myself. You know, it looks like when you have like a $5,000 contract, that is a lot. And then once you finish paying everybody, yeah. money, taxes, like, well, I need more clients. Where at the time? Um, so that's what I'm learning on my journey for entrepreneurship. And it's just a blessing to have such a supportive community. Um, like Miss Shannon Rozier, she took a chance on me. I was another um, black-owned press um, PR company. I'm able to also work with my peers who have started their company. Um, I, I outsource with some of my um, friends in Jacksonville. So together, we're just building this empire, and yeah. we see it as another opportunity to financial freedom and really leaving the legacy that we want to leave in our community. Um, because we are trying to, you know find ways to get other young people involved and teach them how to manage their money and that they really can be their own boss and make a difference. I love it. Zanani, where can people awesome. find your business? Where can people find you? Yes. So I have groundbreakingstrategies.com and we also have an Instagram GB strategies. Um, and so if you all ever need any assistance with like strategy, communications, marketing, Anything of that nature, even if you need me as a thought partner and who you can partner with, I'm your girl. That's awesome. It sounds like sounds like what you do is, you know, um, is if somebody wants to open a business, you're there from the ground up and you can teach them finance and marketing and branding and product strategy and sales and all that stuff, right? Absolutely. Um, the marketing and branding, I can outsource for the finance. <laughs> um, Honest, no, honest. but this is awesome because Carrie, we have so many, so many of our clients, you know, once they're finally fully compensated or as close as we can get, um, a lot of times they will end up with, you know, lump sums of money and they want to parlay that into something in the future. They want to change from being an employee to an employer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so many of them just think, oh, I need $5,000 to buy a truck or I need $5,000 to rent a building or yada, yada. But without a business plan and without a real honest, you know, laid out forethought track to get you between 
here and where you want to be, you're just kind of blowing an opportunity there. So it's one of those things where you need to spend a little money to make a whole lot more money and to ensure your legacy for the future. And why does legacy matter? Why does anybody care about being an entrepreneur? Why don't you just get a good paying job and then retire? Because it gives you and yours so many opportunities. You know, if you have a partner who wants to be mainly at home, help you in the business also. That's a good way to start it. It stays in the family. If you want a, a, an ability to hire your children, your nieces, nephews, your grandchildren, you know, it keeps everybody out of relying on everybody else and you're growing something, creating jobs. So I, I think a lot of people think entrepreneur and they think, well, Donald Trump. No, there's a lot between here and Donald yes. Trump yes. in the entrepreneurial world. It's basically an ability to be self-sufficient, and create jobs for other people and assure a certain lifestyle for the people you love. So I just really applaud what you're doing. And, and, and young lady, you are a leader to everybody in your age group below and above you because they're seeing you do it. And so you're inspiring. You really are. Oh, uh, well, thank you so much. And if, if everything, if nobody else takes anything else I said to their way, I literally started my business. I made my own logo and it did not look as good as it looks now. Um, and I just started from the, I just really started it from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. It really built my confidence. And that's why I really like entrepreneurship because you have to put yourself out there. But most of all, you have to show people like not everybody is able to start up, start up off the top. Not everybody gets left like, you know, a trust fund, but it's okay. Cause you can do that one day. You just have to start. And that's right. So I, hope that I tell people friends, it's not a race, but you do have to start. Exactly. <laughs> Let's so go. I hope my peers see that. And so I have people always contacting me like, hey, um, can you look over this? I want your advice. You know, what's the best route to do my papers? What does that mean? Yeah. And now I get to tell them how my first tax season was. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, you keep this show for people around you. This baby is yeah. having a hard time with these things. I understand. You need to vlog on that. It's okay. But you get a, a network of people you know and trust that you can refer, and then you get feedback, you know, and then, then you're not being naive, and so one person isn't going to dupe you. You know, if you have a broad network, and you're hooking other people up with these people, and you're getting their feedback, pretty soon the path is pretty clear, and you can go down it, people can follow you. So I applaud what you're doing. And Mama, I know you must be so proud. I oh, have yeah. a little bit, a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what is your right, other daughter right. do, Paula? I mean, it's so neat to see. A, I have boys. So it's so neat to sit here and listen to a woman raising daughters. And it's so interesting yeah. to see the difference between the two women. It just seems like girls have it all together. And I'm not sliding my boys. Like, <laughs> girls, <laughs> girls have it so together. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so, Zanani, you're so impressive. So I'm sure your other daughter is just as impressive. What does she do? Both of them, we're so thankful. We had we had good girls, and I, I think God just took mercy on both of us. Um, but Zamoria is Dr. Zamoria Johnson. She's a pharmacist, a clinical pharmacist at TMH. Um, so she's also the CEO of our Families Foundation. So what people may not know is that, when did we start the DeBose Johnson Foundation? About three years ago? About three years ago, um, what, what I shared earlier is, Remember the example I gave about our family and being girded by grandparents and friends. Yeah. So um, in all of this, when people see that you've raised good kids, kids that give back, 
they start granting you access to things. So the, the girls got a lot of money in terms of scholarships to go to, to, to school, which I am so very, very grateful for. But what we wanted to do was make sure that people understood how to gain access to these funds, because what what broke our hearts were listening to stories about kids not being able to go to school. They, they kept their grades up. They kept their nose clean. But because their parents weren't wealthy, they couldn't go off to their dream school because they were short fifteen hundred dollars or, you know, three thousand or even five hundred because that really does make a difference when you're putting everything you have to send your child off to school. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to be Harvard or Yale. Sometimes the dream school is in Tampa, but we were hearing about kids not being able to go because of a, a little bit of money. So the family talked about it and we were like, we're going to establish a scholarship. And, and, and so my husband, who's the money person, he's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. But so, Okay, so with all the stuff we're doing and all the boards that you and the girls are on and that I'm on, how are we going to manage this? But um, we talked about it, and as a family, we're doers, so we, we established the scholarship, and we first had to pay in. We let Zanani off for a year um, because she was still in school, so we didn't make her pay into the foundation that year. Um, so what we've done is provide they're they're not huge dollars but um i think we've given over a little more than eight thousand dollars in the last three years wow um, yeah we've given several scholarships to well-deserving students who need just a little bit of extra help i mean they've done their part so as a community we should do ours right so we've been we've been just so so doggone blessed that we have people that just buy into the vision and they donate to the foundation. No one takes a salary. All of our money goes straight back out the door to those scholarship recipients. So we have book scholarships and we also have give money. We're not like some young people when we write back to the school. We give you the money because I think sometimes people don't realize that sometimes you have to buy sheets, comforters, irons. So You're exactly right. Bus situation or not family. Right? You know, sometimes you need a bus ticket or sometimes you have to pay for extra um, transcripts. It's a lot of things about sending a child away to college that people don't really think about. So we're just, that's one of uh, another way that we give back. So um, we always just have tried to pay it forward. We've been incredibly blessed in this community and we've been blessed with our family. And though David and I kind of grew up a little bit differently. We wanted something better for the girls. So we set a plan in motion and look at the outcome. We couldn't be prouder. <laughs> I love it. How can, how can people find your foundation? And what are the what are the qualifications if somebody's watching this and they'd like to apply for a scholarship? It's the DeBowles Johnson Foundation. We have just announced scholarship winners for this year, but generally people start, they need to start looking for our information in. Probably January is when um, Zamoria announces she sends all of this information to all of the schools. Everybody that's ever donated also gets that announcement, but it's the DeBowles Johnson Foundation. They can find us on Facebook and it's the DF Johnson Foundation. Um, that's our website. So anyone that's in schools and, and the girls graduated with four sevens, four eights or something ridiculous. I graduated. Thank you, God, I made it. <laughs> um, but they graduated from high school with these 
crazy GPAs. I love uh, it. That's not necessary for this scholarship. We're looking for the kid that's the hard worker yeah. that's maintained at least, uh, is it 2.5 or 2.0? I think it's a 2.0, right? I think it's 2.0 now. Um, a 2.0, they've worked hard, kept their nose clean, and they fill out all of the application. You'd be amazed by how many kids don't read all of the prompts. It's not hard. You write a <laughs> short essay, tell us why you should get the scholarship, turn in a reference letter, give us your transcript, boom. And the scholarship oh. committee reviews it and they make their determinations for the top three winners. It's 1000 750 and 500 And then there's a $250 book scholarship. And one year we got... It was the first year of COVID. We got additional money, so we were able to provide more scholarships. We provided more money that year. So people in this community are incredibly generous. Um, and young people that are interested in trying to graduate from college debt-free with majors that you can use, right? Degrees that you can use. Um, and, and, and again, we don't want you burdened with um, school loans if you don't have to be. They just need to go out there and look at the website. Zamoria does a great job in looking for other scholarships for them and puts it on the website. So they can go to one place and look for money. It's out there. You just have to be willing to spend your time to look for it and follow the prompts. Read the information. <laughs> Do the work. Read the application in its entirety. Do and the work. Do the things. Yeah. So um, it's just a lot of ways that we try to give back. But that is what... That was a long answer to your very short question. What does Zamoria do? She's a pharmacist at Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the Working Well Board. She's a new member and she's the CEO of the DeBowles Johnson Foundation. I'm glad you gave that long answer because that was a really interesting answer. We would have found out about the foundation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kia, what are your thoughts and questions? Well, to kind of switch gears, going back to um, Zanani, um, I know one of your big passions, your purpose, and I feel like your project as well is dealing with mental health, dealing with, you know, student homelessness, and then also going into sexual assault. What kind of, what was your driving force, so to speak, that made you pick up those type of passions? Because most people wouldn't go after that. You know, it takes a very humble heart. It takes a very open-minded person to take on those type of projects, so to speak. So what what drove you down that path in order to pick those up and be like, I want to make sure I help with these topics or issues? Yes. Um, well, thank you for that question. That um, are, those are some of the platform initiatives um, and the things that I saw um, that students were concerned with while doing my work um, in student leadership positions across Florida and across the nation. I remember as early as um, freshman and sophomore year when asking my peers while I was working for student government positions, what were their priorities? What did they want to see addressed and discussed? And those were the things, mental health awareness, Title IX slash sexual assault awareness, um, food and housing insecurities, and when they're in your face and you see your peers telling you your personal stories, I mean, how could you not try to address them and bring them to the forefront? And so those are why those are those three issues that um, 
you can see constantly me advocating for and discussing, um, even to this day, even after no longer being in those two positions. Awesome. And if I could just share a proud moment, I will tell you, um, and, I, and I think Rickards wouldn't mind, but <laughs> Zanani established a program, um, you remember with um, um, Tadarius, the Noble program, you want to tell them a little bit about that, the start oh, of that? Yes. Um, so the program my mom is um, discussing is called Teens in the Law. We partner with Noble, which is the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, as well as our Student Government Association, to bring law enforcement on campus and teens interact with mom. You know, what to do if you're pulled over, things of that nature. And it really started the conversation because even then, um, even though this was 2015, 2016, it's still some of the things that we discuss to this day. And so we really wanted to, I guess you could say, begin a conversation, break the stereotypes and be able to bring the students in law enforcement into one room so that we could build that important relationship and things of that nature. And it's very successful. We even were able to bring that program to the University of West Florida while serving as SGA president. And I just think that my family and I are known for addressing hard, hard conversations. Yeah. Uncomfortable ones, yeah, uncomfortable yeah, ones. Um, but you know, how can you move forward if you're not willing to address what's really happening? To right, to have an honest, yeah, to have an honest conversation about it. Yeah, you gotta talk about it. You can't act as if the elephant isn't in the room. That's right. the only way we're gonna solve the problem. We just go ahead, snatch the Band-Aid off, address it. Um, yeah. It was, it was um, one other thing. So Zanani, you will find, and you will find that for most of us, um, we don't really talk about, uh, we don't talk about the things we do unless someone asks the question. We're like, was that you? Did you do that? Um, but what I, what I love about both of my children is just that they see a problem. They don't say, oh, who should we call? Mm -hmm. They say, hmm. They start doing the research and see if there's someone that's already doing it. And if it is, they'll have that conversation and try to partner. And if there's not a person doing it, they will start call. They will start making calls and enlisting people. And they're like, so we're going to do this, this, and this. And so one of and the so things, see, and, and, and it's, it's being willing to put yourself out there because you understand that we are our brothers and sisters keeper. Mm -hmm. And this, this whole notion of us being able to make it on our own and pulling our own selves, <laughs> somebody at some point helped you, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, be honest and be humble about it. Yeah. It's real. It doesn't, it doesn't make you this cool person to say, nobody ever did anything for me. Ah. And sometimes it may be somebody that you didn't know about. And I, I, I say very proudly, um, because I'm a person of faith, there were a lot of prayers that kept me out of trouble. And I know that. And I know there were some people that I didn't even know that were praying for me. And it's the same thing for our children. And so they pay it forward. And the people that they're around, their friends, they do the same thing. So we're surrounded by this, this group of young people that have always been about giving back. And now they're sharing the same information um, with other young people. And I'm going to do a big shout out to Miss Amaya, um, Amaya, <laughs> who is um, Dana's mentee. But guess what? She's also working with Amaya. And Amaya's like, I love you all. I love Dana, but, and, and it's not just because they see us in this role. They see us working. 
Yeah. And they work. Look at the amazing things that that young woman has accomplished. Yeah. But guess what? She didn't do it by herself. And, and she still was my damn mind. do the work. But yeah. Dana could point her to the right person. And a Zanotti could point her to another person. And look at that young woman. She is phenomenal. But mm-hmm. the young women in our orbit, there's Kaylin. I mean, there's Amani. All of these young women are, they are, they're, they're superstars. They're supernovas. Mm-hmm. And that's all they know. So imagine if everyone in our community that was able to did one thing for somebody once a week or mentor one kid, just took one, everybody that could. Imagine the conversations we'd be having in this community. They would be very different than the ones we're having now. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of John Lennon's song. <laughs> what a wonderful, oh, well, that's a, no, what was it? Imagine, imagine all the people. Yeah, that's such a, such a good song with that. Like it, it captures your point exactly. Mm-hmm. So Paula, indulge me for a second. I want to kind of circle back to where we started because we've only got maybe nine minutes left, 10 minutes left, but we started about, you know, why do you want to be on the commission? What do you want to do with it? And I want you to kind of plug yourself and don't be humble. I want you to talk about all the things that you've done in the community and the boards you've served on, because it really is so impressive. And it really does make you qualified to be a leader and be on the commission and, um, you know, have that role. So I do want people to hear that. Thank you so much for that. And, and, and I'm trying to do better about that. And I hear this a lot also from (laughs) the who's, who's also coaching her mom. And I appreciate that because now the, the teacher has become the student and I'm a willing student. <laughs> so I'll, I'll say this. I do believe um, that I am the most qualified to do this work. And the, the reason I believe that is my wealth of experience with the Department of Health, the Department of Children and Families. I've worked in nonprofits for, for many years. I work with Gaston County Senior Citizens. I work with the Governor's Commission on Volunteerism and Community Service. Um, I've worked with <laughs> DJJ, this village, Leon County Schools. And in these roles, I've been in program management, um, contracting. I've established statewide programs. I've been a, a person that is monitored nationally. Um, I'm, I'm a mediator, I'm a negotiator. In investigations, my baby said volunteer Florida. I'm also with Leon County government now. So how perfect is that to move from employee to commissioner? Um, I know what our employees um, do every day. I see how hard our team works. And I see all of the the great innovations um, that, that Vince is trying to push forth. But you need people to do that. Vince is awesome. But you need the hardworking team that we have at Leon County government to make all of the amazing things happen in this county. So while we do have issues throughout um, Tallahassee and Leon County, we have a lot of dedicated people that are committed to doing the hard work. And we, we need a person that's willing to stand up and speak for them. I'll also share that um, you've heard me talk about the need to help students get into college. Um, One of my my biggest joys is the fact that I can sit on the board of Southern Scholarship Foundation, where we provide housing for well-deserving students. These students are brilliant. Um, We never know what their circumstances may be, but it's an opportunity to live in rent-free housing 
And again, that's one of those big ticket items. Those that's one of the things that can keep a kid from going to school because yeah. you can't afford housing. Yeah. So I've been part of that um, work for several years. I've been chair of the Commission on the Status of Women and Girls. I am currently part of the TPT Citizens Advisory um, Council. I've been with the Airport Advisory Committee, um, the Tallahassee um, Human Relations Council. And there, there's just a laundry list. Um, I'm part of Best and Brightest. We had an amazing program last night. And those wonderful young people, their brilliance, their, uh, and all of their scholastic achievements, and they're just great humans. If you don't know much about Best and Brightest, I really think you should check them out. It just makes your heart swell with pride when you see the amazing students that we have coming out of our Leon County um, schools and our private schools and home schools. These young people are amazing and they give me hope for the future. Um, so again, I wanna take all of my experiences and all of the conversations I've had with our community people, my nonprofit work, my advocacy, and I want to be the next county commissioner because what I want to do is be a voice for the people, right? And that, again, that says nothing about anybody else that's running, but I do think that I am the best qualified and I'm ready to get to work. And guess what? Because I've been there, I know what we need to work on. So um, <laughs> I can step right into the role, ready to go. <laughs> Thank you for that opportunity. Well, thank you. I know it's hard to be humble and I know it's hard to pat yourself on the back, but I really wanted you to. And I, and I am just so proud to know you. And that was just such a wonderful list of your accomplishments. D Zanani, did she miss anything? Do you, do you want to, do you want to add to that at all? I mean, I think she just needs to start wearing a cape around everywhere she goes. Mm -hmm. She's superwoman. Oh, <laughs> she sure is. Thank you. I love that. So why don't we do some closing thoughts? Dana, do you want to go first with what your thoughts are? Do you have any closing questions? Yeah, I don't have any questions, but I just want to tell everybody um, why I'm so enthusiastic about Paula. And again, no shade on anybody who's running against her or competing for that same slot, especially any women. As I am 100% run, girl, run. Mm. You know, we need representation. So uh, uh, kudos to everybody's throwing their hats in the ring right now, running for uh, elected office. But I've just known Paula for so many years now and uh, people I know and respect know and respect her. And I've seen her and her family and her husband and their girls. I've seen them walk their talk and I've seen their genuine drive to make the community we all live in a better place for everybody. So I just can't support her enough. And I know she's going to represent her, us uh, earnestly and she's going to make us all very proud. So I'm so glad she joined us today on the Empower Hour. And thank you, Carrie, for hosting. Thank you. I, I actually had to bump up because my iPhone got overheated. Had to put it in a cooler, pick it back up. But I'm here because that's what women do. <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> thank you, Paula. Thank you, Carrie. Right? Thank you, young ladies. Dana, thank yeah. you for being such a supportive friend of, of not just our family, but of women in general. We need more women that will actually show up because, you know, the reputation women have. I have not seen that. My squad is my squad. Mm -hmm. They are they are talking me up. They are providing funds, office space. They are being helpful because we're all pushing each other because yeah. we see the big picture. We need more women voices. 
Yeah. We need more. You see what's happening out there. If, if you're not paying attention, if you weren't, you better be paying attention now. That's so right. If we don't have a voice or representation. People will continue to do whatever they want. That's right. Our choices and our bodies they and will our run lives. over you. They will but run I over really you. Your children will have fewer rights than you had. That should be unconscionable, unspeakable. So, Dana, I appreciate you for walking the talk and being such a great friend. And ladies, you know, you all are rock stars to me. I think yes. all of you all are wonderful. So thank you for having us. You know, it's crazy. Um, I, I know that women were a threat 2000 years ago. And I know, you know, uh, a lot of laws when they were created back 2000 years ago and since then were, you know, to control women. But I didn't realize that we were still such a big threat that we need to be controlled again. I mean, the it's, it is, is a powerful thing. Carrie. The uterus Carrie. is a powerful thing. So, Carrie. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, you have to laugh because it's frightening. Mm-hmm. And people that don't understand the big picture don't see the slippery slope. Right. Today, it's telling us what to do with our bodies. But next, voting rights. What what comes after that? I, I see the big picture. And, you know, they tell you during this election season, you shouldn't talk about it. So I'm going to stop right there. But I'm saying pay attention. It's hard not to, it's hard not to talk about. There's a, a somebody on TikTok. There's a, a guy who says he's a preacher on TikTok. And he doesn't know why women can vote, why women should vote. And that is yep. so scary. Yeah. Carrie, I got to tell you this. Can you hear me? Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. I was listening. Well, I'm listening to Lean In, that Cheryl Stanberg uh, book. She's went up through uh, Google and Facebook and everything. But anyway, she, she quoted Warren Buffett. And he said, you know why he's so successful? It's because he only had to compete against half the population. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're scared I love it, I love it. that's I love and it. you wonder why they're fighting your ass right. that's why bug because he found that rather manageable mm-hmm. he doesn't yeah. want a piece of us wow and that's Warren Buffett that's why they're fighting so hard to keep you in your lane sister just yep. fight fight even harder to make sure they understand you don't have one you'll right. make it as you go and you'll seek their input as it deems appropriate for you. There you go. And that's why we need people like Paula and hopefully Zanani, you in the future in leadership positions, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, they've been pulling at her since college. Just, they've been pulling at her since college. It's going to happen. And, and, and what it. we it's need happen. are oh, more. Governor. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, we need more young women that are willing to take the plunge. We need more women lawyers. Uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah. But we also need those that are willing to step out and 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 put you're putting everything on the line when you run for office. You really are. You're putting it all on the line. But they have to know that when they do that, they have people like Dana and you ladies, Carrie. Okay, I can't see. Where are you? I can't see. Kia, Kia's down there. He okay. is there. Yeah, We're behind you, you, girl. We need to know that people are behind you. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. They're like, yeah, people do this. Mm-hmm. But they won't support you with their word, their money, or their time. Right. And so it makes it harder. But guys will support one another, whether they're great guys or not. They don't care. They're male. So they support them. Yep. Because of bro code. We need girl code like bro code. Yeah. Exactly. We need, we need to stuff. say this. Even if I don't agree with her, I'm not coming for her. Exactly. She's my sister. There you go. Absolutely. And, and we need to keep that sister code. That's the only thing that's going to get us through these dark times. 
because trust, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I lost and that's on us. That's on us. It's not going to be on my hands without a fight. Thank you, Paula. I'm a fighter. Can I give my website? Please do. Yes, ma'am. We need volunteers. We need money. Uh, we need people that are willing to work with us on this campaign. Please just take a moment to learn a little bit more about me and my vision for Leon County at www.imwithpaula.com. I am W-I-T-H-P-A-U-L-A.com. I'm with Paula.com. Got Thank it. You, ladies, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Zanani. It was a pleasure meeting you. you.